You're tuned into Two Shades of Blue, a Carolina Blitz podcast featuring Royal and Terrence, two brothers from another mother who rep rival teams eight miles down Tobacco Road. Each week, Royal and Terrence will give their real and unbiased take on all Carolina sports and entertainment. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Two Shades of Blue podcast. My name is Royal Howell. My co-host, Terrence Hatchett. We are the second half, the other half, of the side of the pillow of Carolina Blitz. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about the NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets, the LA Lakers. Um, but let's jump right into the Charlotte Hornets NBA draft this past Thursday, where you saw a lot of teams trade up, trade back and forth to get in top 10. They said this is one of the most athletic NBA drafts in recent memory from some NBA analysts, uh, which, you know, really depending on how you determine athletic and most athletic draft, because we've had some big time drafts in the last several years. But let's jump right into the Charlotte Hornets. Um, the Charlotte Hornets had the 11th overall pick. Uh, you had the general manager recently, Mitch Kupchak, who went on record saying that at the 11th pick, they would draft the overall best player. Um, you know, if you follow the Hornets in the last several years, um, what's been a burden to the Hornets has been the center position. They, in my opinion, haven't really had a big time solidified center since Al Horford, who am I, I mean, not Al Horford, Al Jefferson, Big Al, who in my opinion um, was more of a big time old school four position versus a five. Um, you know, they had Bismack Biombo, who they just got rid of. Bismack Biombo was Zeller's contract, who are both going to be off the books. Um, they picked up Mason Plumlee's um, 8.8 million, I think, contract. He's a veteran center. He's going to be helping, you know, with death at that position, the center position for sure. Um, you know, I think they had like 22 million, I believe, to spend this offseason. So he cuts into it a little bit. But you surround LaMelo Ball, who was rookie of the year this year, with a little bit more um, draft picks, draft selections. Um, I'll let Terrence go in detail about who exactly they picked, who they drafted. Um, but in my opinion, man, I'll say that the Hornets definitely got a B plus in my in my book for the draft. Um, you know, it, it was it was a good draft. It was a good draft. They made the decisions. They did what Mitch said they would do and not go after a center at 11, but the best overall player that was left on the board who, you know, depending on how you look at it, the Hornets needed death, which they addressed. They needed a shooter, another shooter to help with scary Jason Terry. I mean, not Jason Terry. Uh, Terry Rozier. Yeah. <laughs> scary Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball running the point, um, Gordon Hayward, um, you know, small four. Um, his big-time issue has always been um, staying healthy, durability, uh, which he did miss some games this season. Um, but you add some depth to that position. Um, the Hornets had a good good draft, and there's not really many things you can knock them on. Um, Mitch Kupchak, he shut a lot of haters up, including myself at times, because, you know, I didn't really necessarily agree on – um, paying Gordon Hayward all that money, and I'm still kind of skeptical on how well he's going to produce getting that type of money, being that he's always injured. Um, he's never really healthy. Um, but Mitch, like he said, he said he's going to address, you know, some of the Hornet woes, and he did so. Terrence, give me your overall thoughts on the, the Hornets draft, the overall draft. Who is your still? Who do you think reached for certain draft picks in this draft? Um, what would you grade Mitch Kupchak's overall draft for the Hornets? And or some areas the Hornets can improve on um, going forward. Give me your thoughts, man. 
right, I'm going to start with the Hornets uh, first. As you see, I got my Hornets jersey on, Hornets hat on. I'm excited. I'll say this, man. Um, this is probably the most excited, I think, going into a season about the Hornets um, since they've actually moved back to Charlotte. Now, you know, they've had years where they made the playoffs, but, you know, like in 2010, we made the playoffs with, with the Bobcats, but we didn't have a lot of expectations or excitement going into that year. Made the playoffs in 2014, had little to no expectations that year. Team just kind of grinded their way to a seven seed. 2016, didn't really have a lot of expectations going into that year or excitement. That ended up being probably the best team we had since we've been back in Charlotte where we played the Miami Heat in the seven-game series. We were in a series that, in my opinion, we should have won, but we blew it. Um, and then, you know, because of the way that we drafted in the past, we had guys that had – we had to overpay, um, you know, Nick Batum. Uh, I won't say we overpay for Al Jefferson, but at the time his contract was kind of surprising to a lot of people. Um, then we had to trade for like Courtney Lee and Jeremy Lynn. So pretty much a team that was built through trades and overpaying guys and not necessarily organically through the draft. But now, you know, with Mitch Kupchak coming in, this team has a clear, a clear vision and a plan. And we saw last year that, you know, when the Hornets were healthy last year, we were the fourth seed in the East before LaMelo Ball's injury and Malik Monk's injury and Devontae Graham had some injuries as well. Miles Bridges had COVID protocol. I think PJ had some injuries. Terry Rozier had injuries. I mean, we Gordon Hayward had injuries. I mean, we just literally were just throwing lineups out there and we still, you know, made it into playoff into the playing game. And um, if I think we had been a little bit healthier, you know, before the playing game and been in sync, we probably would have been at least a seven or eight seed in the East um, last year. So going into this year, we had the rookie of the year in LaMelo Ball. Uh, Terry Rozier, you could argue, was one of the more most improved players in the NBA. Miles Bridges took steps. Um, everybody, pre everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of guys, you could see the progress um, this past year. So going into this year, you know, being the 11th pick in the draft, you don't really know what to expect, but getting James Bolton, a 6'5 guard at UConn, who in many mock drafts had him as high as six to Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma City took Josh Giddy, a, a guard out of um, Australia. And then at seven, um, the Warriors took Jonathan Kaminga, which was kind of kind of surprised. Kaminga has upside, but, you know, the Warriors are in win-now mode, especially with what the Lakers have done. Um, kind of surprised that the Warriors would go after a guy who's more of a project and need some development um a lot of people thought they might take moses moody which they ended up taking at 14 um i thought moses moody was a guy that the hornets possibly could have took at 11 um and watching boat night fall to 11 for a guy who was high as six i mean i give that pick an a plus and then Trading for Kai Jones, who a lot of people, a lot of mock drafts had us taking Kai Jones at 11, but he fell to 19. And Mitch Kupchak said that he wasn't going to make that trade unless Kai Jones was available. And Kai Jones was available, and they found their big man of the future. I mean, Kai Jones is 6'11 with a 7'3 wingspan, I believe. And what people, a lot of people didn't know, I didn't know this until the draft, Kai Jones ran track, I think, for the Bahamas national team at some point in his early, um, in his youth. He's athletic, man. Like, 
He's 6'11". He can put the ball on the floor. He can shoot the three. He can block shots. He can run. I think having a guy like Plumlee, a veteran big man who's been in the NBA for a while, can help him because Kai Jones is going to be a guy that he can contribute on the defense and with his shot blocking and, and rebounding. But offensively, he's still a little bit raw, so it may take a little while to for him to develop. But having a guy like LaMelo Ball will actually speed up his development because LaMelo is going to find him for lobs and easy dump-offs. And having a big man that can actually catch the ball, unlike Bismack, who has bricks for hands and can't catch anything, man, it's going to really help us out. And I think the Hornets – getting uh, that interior presence at 19 was huge. Um, and then JT Thor at 37 is a guy who's raw, but he has a lot of potential defensively. Six, mm-hmm. seven, I think, with like a seven-foot wingspan. And um, his offensive game is developing, but defensively he's a guy that can come in and contribute as well. Um, just adding more wing depth because you can never have enough guys who can defend um, the wings in the NBA today. So you gave the Hornets a B plus. I'm going to give him an A minus, man. I think mm-hmm. – that honestly, we, we might have had the best draft uh, in the NBA, to be honest with you. I mean, I can't think of many teams who could say have a better draft. Um, the Warriors had a great draft. I think Kaminga's a guy in the G League. He showed flashes of his upside. He can be a guy who can be a defensive presence and athletic. Give the Warriors a shot of athleticism on the wing and possibly play like a small ball four. They get Moses Moody, who's a guy who's going to come in right away, a three and D guy, contribute right away. Um, the Warriors had a very strong draft. I actually think Brooklyn had a very strong draft, too. You talk about sleeper. Yep. Cam Thomas might be the sleeper in the draft out of LSU. He averaged 23 points a game in the SEC. And he's going to come in and pretty much with the uh, Brooklyn Nets, you know, they traded Landry Sanford for Javon Carter, so he'll be off the ball. He's going to come off the bench and just provide more offense for a team that really doesn't need more offense when you got Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant. But Cam Thomas is going to come in and just be a bucket getter. Exactly. And then Brooklyn getting Daron Sharp, I think, was a perfect fit for Daron, uh, a UNC guy, because Brooklyn needs a guy with an interior presence, a guy who can get rebounds, bang in the paint. Um, Daron Sharp is actually a very underrated passer. We saw at UNC at times he has a pretty good ability to pass the ball in the post or out of the high post. So I think that was a perfect fit. And then um, they got Kessler Edwards in the second round a three and D wing, a guy that can come in and shoot threes and then defend the wing as well. So I think Brooklyn had a very good draft. Um, How do you feel about the Hornets? So in regards to James Booknight, you know, the Hornets selecting him, is that pretty much a done deal that you think Malik Monk is gone? He's mentioned to the media in the past about, um, you know, he didn't really seem on board for sure about, you know, um, signing a contract extension with the Hornets. Do you think James Booknight being that guard who's, he's a combo guard, two-way guard, plays both sides of the basketball, athletic, can create his own shot. Do you think it's pretty much a insurance policy towards the Hornets selecting him that Malik, uh, Malik Monk is potentially gone? Do you think he's gone? Uh, yeah, and I necessarily didn't want him gone because I believe in his ability to – the guy is streaky, but when he's on, man, we saw him score like 39 points, 33 points. 20, yeah. Like the dude can score. And actually – um, he shot for over 40% from three this year. It was best year shooting the three ball. Yeah. And well, when he got in the rotation, he came in and got buckets, you know, before he had his ankle injury. I don't, when he came back from his ankle injury, I just don't think he ever really was hundred percent from his mm-hmm. ankle injury, but he was actually having his best year before the ankle injury averaging about 13, 14 a game off the bench and shooting 40% from three and like 44% from the field. He was actually 
his best year shooting the ball. So um, James Boatnight, kind of a similar player, Monk, in, you know, about the same height. Monk 6'3", Boatnight 6'5". Mm-hmm. Uh, is a guy that's athletic and can score the ball. Um, so I think Malik Monk is gone. And I also think, depending on what happens this year, I don't know, Devontae Graham maybe come back. It depends on the type of offer because um, Graham's a restricted free agent. So it depends on the offer, you know, the qualifying offer and everything. And also, Terry Rozier's a guy to watch as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Terry Rozier's on the last year's deal. We know this is the NBA. And when you're on the last year of your deal, you, know, you have an expiring contract. You're a perfect trade target. And a guy like Terry Rozier can help a team that needs scoring punch at the guard position and even off the bench. Um, Let me ask you this, though. This brings up a very interesting topic. So if since he's on the contract year, and we know last year his name was even mentioned at times during the season, um, especially when LaMelo went down and there were times where Terry was just completely taking over ball games. His name was mentioned in several trade talks last year. Um, you even heard at times Gordon Hayward, who I never thought the Hornets would even bring his name into discussion last season, um, name being brought into trade discussions. Do you think him being on a contract year, him showing off that the Hornets would truly trade him Let's say, for instance, LaMelo Ball is completely healthy. The Hornets, like you said, before LaMelo went out last year, the Hornets were in the highest of fourth overall seed. Um, let's say the Hornets make a deep run. The Hornets sitting in top four, um, you know, playoff spot. Do you think that Mitch would have the balls to truly trade Terry um, if it wasn't for somebody that's going to come in and make an immediate impact at the guard position? Because, like, what kind of situation do you want to put the Hornets in longevity terms as far as having that – guard spot Hornets top four seed um you know you solidify everybody's healthy even including Gordon Hayward like what type of I think it's just it's a, it's a risk to, to you know necessarily trade him but do you think that Cupcheck will have the balls to trade Terry um if the Hornets are a top four seed next season late in the play you know late right before playoffs would you trade Terry it, I honestly think it just depends on the type of offer um the Hornets get from a team um, I'm realistically, I could see Terry on a team like the Clippers. Mm-hmm. You know, they always need guard play. Um, New York could be a team that'd be interested in Terry. They need an upgrade at the guard position. You know, they have Derrick Rose, but Rose is more comfortable coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what the Knicks do in this offseason. Um, you know, rumor that Lonzo Ball could be a Nick. Um, so we'll see what the Knicks do, but it really depends on what type of offer we get. Um, your team it's kind of a situation uh do you want to give terry an extension and what type of contract offer is terry going to demand um is terry Rozier the long-term answer at the off-ball position i mean he can play point but we know lamelo is the point um and then also you drafted james boat so eventually boat is eventually going to want to be in the starting lineup as well so unless boat can be that Flame throw off the bench if he's comfortable in that role. I mean, we just don't know. So it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens with Terry Rozier. Um, Gordon Hayward has been mentioned in trade rumors um, as well. And I'm not gonna lie to you, man. You know, I've been very critical even before the signing went down. You know, I voiced my opinion um, about the Sonic. I thought that he got too much money. And you know, starting the season, you know, he started off, you know, guns blazing. He was shooting the ball well. Um, he was playing like he had earned every penny off that contract. But, you know, injuries happened, and there were rumors that, you know, 
he necessarily could have came back a little bit early, which I don't really I'm I'm never gonna, you know, question yeah, a man's, don't know, man. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's a dicey situation, but exactly. You never want to question a man's health. And but there were, you know, rumors out of Charlotte that, you know, even Stephen A. Smith went on national television, who he's no shame and no stranger to, you know, um, you know, scrutiny. But you know, he said he was hearing reports out of Charlotte that Gordy could have came back a little bit sooner. I don't want to never question a man's health because I don't know what's going on inside the Charlotte Hornets organization um health facilities for sure. Um, but there were reports that he could have came back earlier. Um, I think, if anything, I think the Hornets would maybe put him on the block. But like you said, though, if you're a team fighting for, you know, an NBA title next season, I think the Clippers are a great destination for him. Like you said, you mentioned Knicks, even though the Knicks' name has been brought up with Chris Paul, who hasn't necessarily signed an extension or a um, resign with the Phoenix Suns, who I don't think he's really going to leave. But, um, you know, you've heard CP3 names being mentioned around, um, you know, Bradley Bill name's been mentioned. Um, I think, you know, Cal Lowry, you know, there's this is the offseason for the guard position for sure. Um, like you said, Cal Lowry's name's been mentioned with the Miami Heat, um, as well as the Knicks. Um, you know, he's real good fans of Jimmy Butler. So we'll see how that goes, man. Um, do you think the Hornets would move Gordon Hayward potentially? Like I said, I think it just depends on the right offer and what a team is willing to, you know, send back to us. See, the thing – with the Clippers, the Clippers need Terry, but I really don't look at the Clippers roster and see anything back that we can really get, you know, besides, you know, Kawhi and PG are obviously off limits. Um, they're kind of stuck with that Luke Kennard contract. Um, we don't want Pat Beverly. Nope. <laughs> Terrence Mann had a good playoffs, but it remains to be seen if he can be consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's really not much they can really send back to us, so – as much as I think the Clippers would need Terry, they really can't give us a good offer back. I think that's one of the main reasons why the Clippers have had a hard time making moves because they really don't have a lot of assets to really send back. They gave up all their draft capital to Oklahoma City to get Paul George, so they're kind of stuck in a way. The Knicks mm-hmm. are an interesting team to see what happens in the offseason and what type of package they can offer as well. Um, you know, be Bradley Beal be interesting to monitor, but I think Bradley Beal end up somewhere like Miami or Philly, mm-hmm. or maybe even um, Golden State or Denver. I mean, I don't know if we have enough to entice Bradley Beal to want to come to Charlotte. Um, and I know, and I know this is going to drive people crazy, but I mean, Ben Simmons is still out there, and the Sixers are trying to get rid of him. I don't know. I don't think it's a good fit. But first off, the Sixers have lost their damn minds thinking that somebody's gonna give them three first round picks. No, four. four. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Four first round draft picks. Yeah, they did up there. Yes, four first round draft three, picks. Three uh, pick swaps. Yes, and, and cash considerations. What I read, I was like, you gotta be freaking kidding me. First off, I know the yeah, like, this man's the second coming of Michael Jordan. Like, are you are you freaking nuts, dude? Like, nobody's gonna like what drugs are they on? Like, it's not happening. I know Bob Myers in the uh, Warriors uh, front office absolutely laughed at that offer that Philadelphia um, was requesting for Ben Simmons. I mean, Daryl Morey, Dot Rivers are going to regret the day they didn't pull the trigger on the James Harden trade. And Joel Embiid is a guy who's going whose contract is up in two years, and that's going to be a name to, to monitor as well. If they're stuck with Ben Simmons, they can't trade him. Joel Embiid will be out of there. You will be out of the man to trade. You better watch for his name this season coming up because I'll tell you one thing. Like you said, his contract is up in two years. They were saying that he could potentially demand a trade this, you know, this this upcoming season during this season. If he 
sees no type of production or no type of you know work ethnic from Ben Simmons because they said that he's real close to his family, which is no knock, but they said that he's real close to his family. He has a bunch of yes men in his corner and that it almost seems as if he's not even trying to get better, which I never want to doubt a man trying to get better using NBA facilities, which he has every resource at his disposal to get better and want to get better, especially his jump shot. Hell, you had even Kobe say, what, two or three years ago that in order for Ben Simmons to get better, that he has to produce a jump shot. It just it is what yeah. it is. But here's the, here's the other thing you need to know about Ben Simmons. No, he he claimed that he was going to commit to an offseason plan to work on his game. He skipped the Olympics, but he's out at Wimbledon with his girlfriend, and he's out in Europe with his girlfriend and pretty much has ignored Philadelphia and hasn't really – I don't know if he's been working on his game or not. You haven't really heard anything come out that says he's actually working on his game. Ben Simmons has played his last game in Philadelphia. It's just a matter of Philadelphia is going to have to come down their trade demands and be realistic with their trade demands. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just saw Russell Westbrook get traded to the Lakers for, you know, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montrezl Harrell, and a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Philadelphia wants four first-round picks for a guy whose playoff scoring average has decreased in uh, the last three postseasons. Like, his scoring average has gone down. A guy that won't shoot the ball, won't even attempt to shoot the ball, and, you know, we just saw Giannis, um, a guy who airballs threes and airballs free throws, but Giannis would go right back and shoot the ball, and he made 17 out of his 19 free throws in a closeout game of NBA Finals and dropped a 50 ball. That's the difference between a guy like Giannis and Ben Simmons. Both of them are freaks, freak athletes, but Giannis is not afraid to fail or be humiliated. He'll go right back to the free throw line and shoot him. He'll airball three and go right back and shoot another three. He's not afraid to fail. Ben Simmons is shook when it comes to shooting the ball. He's not a guy that seems like he's committed to improving his game. Like Ben Simmons is a guy to me who enjoys the perks of being an NBA player and an all-star player, but I don't know if he actually enjoys the game of basketball or work on his craft. We just haven't really seen him progress. Ben Simmons is a hell of a passer. He's a hell of a defender, but in the postseason. When the game slows down and teams can really address your weaknesses, he's a liability. And speaking of, you know, we just mentioned uh, the West, Russell Westbrook. I mean, Russell Westbrook just got traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, yeah. yeah. I got some things to say, man. <laughs> I'll say this. The Lakers have to add some shooting. Yes. If I had to pick today, I still think Brooklyn is the title favorites. As of today, we'll see what the Lakers are going to do with like vet minimums. And we know Brooklyn's going to make some moves as well. I just think the Lakers need to add some shooting. LeBron's going to be 37 in December. Anthony Davis is injury prone. And Russell Westbrook is a guy who is not a great shooter from the outside. That's going to be very interesting to see how they mesh and what type of offensive system they run. Um, they're going to have to add shooting, man. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I absolutely agree. You know, and I love my Lakers. Um, I, out of a lot of people, a lot of people didn't like the trade. I like the trade. I've said for long as I think that if Russell Westbrook was ever to get a chance to play with a player in the caliber of LeBron James, even in year 18, year 19 coming up, um, I think that it would transcend his game to one of the biggest magnitudes ever. Uh, when you play with LeBron James, you know, somebody of his stature, a 6'8", 250", um, with his type of 
skill set is just unmatched. Um, Russ has never played with a player like LeBron. Um, LeBron brings the best out of any player that has ever played with them. That's just a fact. Um, Russ always also gets a chance to play with Anthony Davis, who, you know, in my opinion, you know, six foot 10, 253, he's a stretch four who was shoot the three. He's a dominant on the inside, but also, you know, he has a big body in the middle, Mark Gasol. The Lakers only have four guaranteed contracts on his roster coming up this season. So, um, but they don't have a lot of cap room also. Yeah, you know, they're, already, they're pretty much already over the cap. Yeah, they're already over the cap te- technically. Um, you know, they, they, they'll they definitely couple, be like, in the luxury exceptions. tax. Yeah, they, they have a couple of like exceptions. You know, THT is a restricted free agent. They'll probably yeah. retain his rights. And I think Caruso is a restricted free agent, but they're going to have to really finagle the cap or finesse the cap, sour cap to get guys on vet minimums and yeah. add some shooters. Um, He's getting forty-one million this year. LeBron's what thirty-eight million, and I think AD is what thirty-nine million. I mean, Russ is getting forty-one million this year coming up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's 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 a lot of money between the three of them. Like you said, you want to sign a bunch of players on minimum, better minimum contracts. A name that mentioned that was just um, released about an hour or two ago. Uh, Shams Avery Bradley, who you know, former Laker, also um, they said that a bunch of teams have already reached out to him because he's an unrestricted free agent now. Um, you know, he's capable of, you know, shooting a three. He's a perimeter lockdown defender. Um, yeah. You know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony's a name. Carmelo Anthony's a name that's been mentioned. Um, Do you think DeMar DeRozan, you know, his name's been mentioned. He was on Shannon Sharp's podcast. He said that he would take a big-time salary reduction to play with LeBron James. He pretty much said on the podcast, uh, on the video podcast, that he wouldn't mind taking a salary reduction to play with LeBron this it year. It depends on how much that money the Lakers can offer. Yeah. Um, and how much of a reduction. I, I can't see DeMar DeRozan playing on a vet minimum. Mm-hmm. I can see somebody like Carmelo Anthony playing on a vet minimum. Um, Rudy Gay is a name that's also been mentioned. I mean, there's a lot of names and mints and rumors going around. Um, like I said, we'll see what happens. Um, we know Brooklyn's going to make sign some guys on vet minimums too. They did it last year. They'll uh, retool their roster as well. Is there a scenario where you could see a team in the West possibly beating the Lakers, maybe a healthy Golden State. Cause we know the Warriors, the Warriors are going to sit back pat either. We I'm surprised they kept their draft picks. They're going to make a move at some point. Yeah, you get That's a healthy Clay Thompson back. I mean, it speaks for itself. He's they got the best shooting backcourt in history of the NBA. You get a healthy Clay Thompson back with Steph. I mean, and you already have young talent on the roster with a defensive player of the year in Draymond Green. Um, who will be a future Hall of Famer, in my opinion. A lot of people don't agree with that, but it is what it is. He's about to be an Olympic gold medalist, a NBA champion, Hall of – I mean, it's he's going to be a Hall of Famer, whether you, whether it's a first ballot, second ballot, whatever, however you want to grace he's going to be a Hall of Famer, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's going to happen. But, I mean, you got a defensive-minded player like that, a team that has been plagued with injuries over the last two seasons. You think they're not going to come back hungry in the West? Like, it's – it's a done deal. It's going to happen, man. It's just all, like you said, the West Conference is going to get a whole lot better. The Lakers got to get shooters. You got to get some type of spacing on the perimeter for sure. You don't want the interior clogged up like a lot of times a season. That's why, you know, and I love Montrez's, um, you know, hustle and defensive prowess. But a lot of times the Lakers' interior was just too clogged with Mark Basal, who's older, 6'11", 255, yeah. Montrez. And, yeah, I mean, it was just clogged up in the interior, man. It just, it just was. See, that's what I'm concerned about with Westbrook is that teams are just going to – unless they, they're going to have to add the shooting, teams are going to pack the lane in, and they're not going to respect Russell Westbrook shooting threes. Um, but 
the West is going to be very interesting, man. Like, you know, the Warriors, like you said, they're not going to stand pat. They're going to make a move. They have plenty of guys that can be Trey Bate, and um, they're going to not go stand pat. And Denver is going to be interesting to see what happens with Denver. Jamal Murray healthy coming back this season. Yeah. You know, the Clippers, we'll see if Kawhi can possibly come back for the postseason, if they can make any moves. So it's definitely going to be very interesting, man. I think the key for the Lakers is going to be, you know, war is going to be a tough challenge, but can they stay healthy? You know, the Russ is, what, 32, 33, and LeBron's 37, and AD has injury history. So the Lakers have to stay healthy, add shooting. Um, and then we'll see what happens and see what Brooklyn does as well. But I, I know people want a Brooklyn-Lakers finals. Um if both teams can stay healthy, I think we can. I think it will happen. The Warriors are a threat if they're healthy because of their shooting and spacing and their championship pedigree. Um, but I know a lot of people want that Lakers and um, Brooklyn series. And speaking of Brooklyn, um, I saw a trade rumor where you could possibly see Spencer Dinwiddie get signed and traded to. DC for I think Montrez Harrell and Kuzma. So I mean there's a lot of stuff going on. Free agency starts Monday, August 2nd, I think at 8 p.m. Um, it's gonna be a lot of not a lot of star players are gonna be free agents, but a lot of guys who can help a championship caliber team, a lot of guys who might take lesser deals to team up. And I know some people can't stand um, you know, got these super teams or whatever, but you know, it creates intrigue and, you know, people are already looking forward to that Lakers and Brooklyn series. And it's going to be a series, I think, that people really want to see. Um, and we just got to see if teams can stay healthy. But I'm actually really excited about this upcoming NBA season, especially for the Hornets, man. I think the Hornets are going to be a playoff team. I really do. We should have been a playoff team last year. We got in the playing game. We were just banged up. Um, obviously, I think Washington just got worse. So that's a playoff spot up for grabs. Um, Boston, we don't know what Boston's roster is going to be. And uh, they, you know, they lost Kimba. And Kimba Walker's a guy that's going to get traded at some point as well. So keep an eye out for Kimba Walker um, on the trade market as well. Because he's not going to stay in Oklahoma City with that young team. That's just not going to happen. It's not happening yet. It's not happening. Let me ask you this. I'm, I want to ask you a series of questions. This is a buy or sell segment. For Carolina Bliss, Two Shades of Blue podcast. Just a couple of questions I want to get your opinion on because these are definitely hot topics that are going on right now, especially within the NBA community. I want to get your thoughts on these, T. Are you buying or selling Carmelo Anthony being in the Los Angeles Lakers uniform this upcoming season? Buy or sell? I'm going to buy. If he wants to get a ring, this going to the Lakers this year would be his best chance to get a ring. So I'm going to buy. Um, he's a guy that can hit shots. As well, he can come off the bench and just hit shots. Um, at this point in his career, he's a good six man off the bench. Just buy some scoring points. I'm gonna buy Carmelo Anthony as, as a Laker. Buy or sell the Milwaukee Bucks coming out of the East next year, regardless of the Brooklyn Nets being healthy, um, the Greek Freak, you know, being MVP. Do you think the Milwaukee Bucks repeat out of the East this upcoming season? I'm gonna sell. I think a healthy Brooklyn will be Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee can make it competitive just because they have that championship experience. Um, 
I don't necessarily know what the Bucks can really do to upgrade their roster. They probably have to rely on internal development with some of their younger guys like DiVincenzo. I got like Jordan War, who played for the Nigerian national team and is playing very well in the Olympics. Um, he's a guy that can possibly be a guy that can crack the Bucks rotation. Um, I mean, y'all is going to be a problem for any team just because of the way he plays and his strength. Um, but I'll give the edge to Brooklyn. Um, I mean, Kevin Durant, was really a half inch away from winning that series with James Harden banged up and Kyrie Irving out. So I'm going to sell the Bucks repeating in the East. I think they could possibly get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but I'm going to sell them winning the East. I got three more for you. Buy or sell Team USA basketball winning gold. Um, they just defeated the Czech Republic, by, I think 30 this morning, actually. Um, you had Tatum have, what, 20-something off the bench. Uh, KD, 25-plus. KD almost had a triple-double, actually. Uh, he did pass Lamelo, uh, Carmelo Anthony for the all-time uh, scoring player in Olympic history. Um, do you buy or sell Team USA winning gold? I'm going to buy, but it's going to be a soft buy. I think they're going to have games that are going to be very tight. You know, the international games is different than the NBA game. The international game is more physical. Refs ain't calling, flopping. They're not, gonna, they're not calling the little uh, arm rip through and all that stuff. And the international game is a completely different game. And, you know, I think it took time for this team to gel because it's a completely different team than the ones we had in 2008 where in 2012 was pretty much the same group of players that had been together since 2006 in the uh, FIBA games. And then you go to 2008 and then 2012, pretty much with the same rosters. That team knew the international game. They had time to gel in 06 and then, you know, in 08. This is a different group. It takes a while for NBA guys to adjust the FIBA rules. And this team, um, I think they're starting to figure out their roles a little bit better. I think Popovich is figuring some things out about the international game as well. So I'm going to buy it, but it's going to be a soft buy. They're going to have some struggles, though. They're going to have at least one or two games that's going to be real uh, nail biter, so but I'll I'll buy them when and go. I got two more for you. Um, this is the off season of the guard position, specifically the point guard position. Buy or sell CP3 being in a Knicks jersey, Cal Lowry being in a Miami Heat jersey, or Alonzo Ball being in a Clipper jersey. So CP3 being in a Knicks jersey, uh, Cal Lowry going to Miami, or Alonzo Ball coming to the Los Angeles Clippers across the hall from his former team. So I'm going to sell CP3 in a Knicks jersey. I think he might end up back in Phoenix. I think I just saw something today that said Phoenix has the edge as of today. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell CP3 in a Knicks jersey, but it could still happen. So it's going to be a soft sell. Kyle Lowry in Miami Heat jersey, I could see that happening. Okay. So I think uh, Toronto is ready to move on Kyle Lowry yep. and hand over the keys to Fred Van Vliet. And plus, they said, you know, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, they mentioned that, you know, him and Jimmy Butler are real good friends, um, you know, potential trade, maybe necessarily with, I'm not, I'm not sure, maybe Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, uh, maybe, I mean, heck, if I was the Miami Heat and I heard this, I'm not sure how true it is, you could potentially see a package deal. I think the Miami Heat don't really want to give up Duncan Robinson. Tyler Hero more so just because he had a terrible year, in my opinion, from the NBA bubble where he was feeling himself too much, in my opinion. But this yep. season, he just came back to earth, in my opinion. I mean, you could throw a package deal maybe with both those two and some draft considerations to um, Washington or Bradley Bill, but I'm not sure how that – I think Bradley Bill's contract kind of messes that up a little bit because he's getting, what, what, 30-plus a season? 
that kind of matches that whole trade package up. Um, I got one more for you, T. Buy or sell the Charlotte Hornets finishing top five in the East this upcoming season? Who? Top five. Top five. They were top four last season before LaMelo got hurt. You know, teams going to be hunting for LaMelo this year. They know that, hey, you know, rookie of the year, he's feeling himself a little bit, but rightfully so. He's a transitional point guard, transitional talent. They show videos of him working on his offensive game, specifically his mid-range game for sure. Charlotte Hornets top five in the East. Give me your thoughts. Come on, T. Come I'm gonna, on, baby. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to buy. You going to so, buy? You know, Give me I'm a buy. buy. Why are you buying? So, Brooklyn, obviously, top three seed. Bucks. Philadelphia, we'll see what happens if they make the best demonstrate who they get in return. It's a team you can watch out for. Uh, I think Miami Heat healthy could be a top four team. I think we can be neck and neck with Atlanta because Atlanta um, is going to have to make a decision on John Collins um, as well. And then there are rumors going on they're trying to trade Cam Reddish, which I think would be a mistake. I think Cam Reddish, um, even though he was injured last year in, in that one playoff game, he showed what he can do as a defender and a guy that can hit the three ball as well. I think Atlanta could be a team that might take a step back this year before they you know, take another step forward. Um, we'll see what happens with John Collins. John Collins wants $90 million, $100 million, something like that. I don't know if Atlanta's willing to pay John Collins that type of money. So he's a guy to watch. Um, I think we could be a team neck and neck with Atlanta, Boston. Um, one thing about the Hornets, the Hornets play hard, and we saw that with the Knicks is that if you play hard, you can possibly get to a top five seed in the East. And we play hard. Um, you know, we had an injury bug. I think the Knicks are a team that's not going to sneak up on anybody next year as well. So I think they might take a step back as well. Still think the Knicks would be a playoff team, but I don't think necessarily they're going to elevate unless they make a major move, which I don't know what moves they can make. I don't think Chris Paul is coming to the Knicks. So I'm a buy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm excited about the Hornets. I believe – um, we had the best draft of any NBA team uh, on Thursday. I think we were a top, yeah, we were a top four team before, you know, we had the injury problem. So if we can stay healthy and continue developing. I mean, you see guys who've gotten better every year. You know, Miles Bridges took a step forward. A guy that we need, a, a guy that we need is PJ Washington. I'm not going to air PJ out about his personal business, but we know what's been going on with PJ lately. And hopefully, PJ balls out because he's gonna need that check. He's gonna need PJ gonna need that contract extension, folks. He's gonna need that check for 18 more years. <laughs> PJ gonna need that contract extension, man. Yeah, I don't know where I'll, I'll say this, man. I, I don't know who PJ's camp is or who's his OG or somebody, but somebody should have warned him, man. Somebody should have warned him, man. We know we know the type of chick that he was dating and how she operates, and she even said it. On a video, PJ has to be smarter than that, man. She wrote a damn book. She yeah. wrote a damn book of everybody she's been with, bro. Yeah, man. She wrote a book. You know who she is. You know what type of you know what you know what type of life she's about, man. Like she was at your damn Kentucky basketball games, bro. In the yeah. jersey and everything. Like you knew what you getting yourself into, man. It was exactly, about man. And we saw PJ last year. <laughs> we saw PJ last year look like he was just like out of it, man. Like I don't know. I don't know. PJ had moments where he played well and he had moments where he just looked out of it, man. I need PJ Washington to be focused, man. And maybe getting away from her can help him focus. But, man, like, that's not a good situation, man. Hopefully these young guys can 
take a note of that situation and, and really be careful, man. Like, you know, and like, who's his, who's in this camp, man? Like somebody, his family, somebody should have like brought him in, man. But PJ is a guy that's going to be very interesting to watch next year, see where his head's at and to see if he can continue developing as well. Cause I mean, Kai Jones could possibly be a power forward and possibly take his spot or you can play Kai Jones at the five. So, I mean, you know, like Kai Jones horns, can shoot too. He yeah, the shoot, he's a shooter. Yeah. The horns ain't messing around. They don't care if, if you would, a first round draft pick, they'll move on from you real quick. And, you know, you know, they're about to probably move on from elite monk. Um, as much as I would like monk to stay, they're going to probably move on from elite monk. So, I mean, that should be a message to the rest of the guys is that look, man, you know, you got to bring it and be consistent and you can't let off the court stuff affect your play on the court or get you suspended or anything like that. I mean, yeah, but hopefully we get PJ focused and he can continue his development. Um, Terry Rozier, we know what he's going to bring. Terry Rozier is going to be that dog. LaMelo is going to take another step forward. LaMelo is staying in Charlotte this summer to work on his game. He hasn't left Charlotte all summer, man. We've seen him at programs. We've seen him at the Hornets training facility working on his game, bro. LaMelo is going to be a problem next year. And you give him a guy like Kai Jones, a guy that can catch lobs, and he can shoot the space the floor out, and then James Bolton not a straight bucket getter. Mm-hmm. I, I like what the Hornets are doing, man. I, I, I'm going to buy them being top five in the East. Why not, man? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to also give a special shout-out to my boy who is also with me right now, my boy Terrence Hatchett, co-host of Two Shades of Blue. Um, he's an official contributor for Carolina Blitz. Um, this past week, Bashaw brought him on permanently as a contributor um, to cover the Charlotte Hornets, Carolina Panthers, um, you know, Carolina basketball, Duke basketball, anything Carolina, he's going to be on it. He's our new contributor for Carolina Blitz, along with Bashaw Hurt, our CEO. Give him a warm follow on Twitter. Um, T, tell the people your Twitter follow name. How can they get in touch with you and start following some of your work? Uh, Twitter, T underscore Hatch 89. Same for IG. Um just going to do a whole lot of different things, man. Just uh, a lot of Panthers, a lot of Hornets, a lot of ACC football, basketball. You might even throw some boxing in there as well, some boxing MMA. You know, Roar and I love boxing. Um, we'll definitely talk about some boxing fights coming up uh, soon. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm excited to start with uh, Carolina Blitz, and I'm grateful for Vashtar for giving me the opportunity and Royal for letting me co-host the podcast, Two Shades of Blue. And we got a lot of stuff coming this fall. And it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great fall, man. We got the Panthers um, season starting soon, man. We got college football starting soon. The Hornets will be back in October, man. So it's a lot going on in the Tar Heel State, man. We also do some high school football things and high school basketball stuff as well. A cover some AAU basketball. It's a lot of talent coming up in the state of North Carolina, especially in the Charlotte area and other areas. Raleigh, two five two three three six, man. Yeah, we're going to do a whole lot of stuff, man. It's going to be exciting, man. You heard it there, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Two Shades of Blue podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us this week. Uh, catch us next week where we still talk about more sports, uh, specifically the Carolina Panthers, who just started uh, training camp at Winthrop, where Bashaw Hurt has been actually covering the team the last several days. Follow her work, Carolina Blitz. She's been given the latest and exclusive interviews with players, uh, coaches, Follow her work, ladies and gentlemen, on the Carolina Blitz. Keep Blitzing Twitter follow. Follow her work. She's definitely keeping all the fans and students of the game up to date at the Carolina Panthers training facilities. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Royal Howell. My co-host, Terrence Hatchett. 
This is the Two Shades of Blue podcast. Thank you.